Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. All right, let's get squared away. Let's get squared away. Speaking of, uh, where where have you been, my buddy? Where where have you been? I guess it's been a while since we've done squared away. Um. 60 some 70 podcasts ago <laughs> probably not that many probably not that many we only do one a week it's probably been 20 or 25 since we've really gotten into being squared away um on the physical aspect for me um i've really been working on improving the quality of my sleep because i sleep a good amount i go to you know go to sleep between eight and nine every night and get up at four so you know somewhere between seven eight hours of sleep every night and and it feels good but i feel like with as hard as i train and as much as I'm always trying to accomplish, um, the quality of my sleep could always improve. So, um, worked a lot on, you know, and, and like this, like everything, it's a work in progress, right? But I try not to, I try not to eat too close to bed. Um, all this stuff is, is, has some bit of, of scientific backbone to it. Um, whether I've learned it from different podcasts, different books, um, there is a great book on sleep. I can't remember who wrote it, but it, it just came out here recently. Um, but it seems to be that the time that you wake up being consistent is more important than the amount of sleep that you get. So, you know, my, my four to five o'clock in the morning is what I've been trying to consistently stick with. Even if I go to bed a little later, um, I still get up earlier Then how you would make that up would be like a nap during the day or going to bed a little earlier the next night. But keeping your wake up time extremely consistent seems to be one of the biggest benefits to the actual quality of your sleep because it allows your body to create that circadian rhythm and stay on that circadian rhythm track, which the, if you guys don't know, the circadian rhythm is, the, is basically the rhythm of all the hormones that make your body sleepy and all the hormones that wake you up. Um, so with 
getting up at the same time every day, your body kind of knows and it'll, it'll actually start to ramp up your body temperature before the time that it's supposed to get up. It'll start to ramp up cortisol, which the cortisol actually um, takes and disperses the adenosine, which is the hormone in your brain that makes you feel sleepy. Um, and all this is even better if you can kind of work it through with the sun, but it doesn't really work for us because the sun doesn't actually come up here until I've already got a workout in and I'm home in the fucking shower. Um, uh, so I've really tried to do that. We've always kept a really dark, really, really um, relaxing environment in our room. We don't have lights on. We don't sleep with the TV on. You know, if anything, if we watch a show, you know, shortly before bed, it's it's a 15 minute, 20 minute episode of one thing. And it's literally just, you know. To, to pass out. Um, but TV always goes off before bed. We don't sleep with the TV on. Um, if you guys aren't aware, even though so everybody, I'll talk to people and I, you know, I have specific friends in mind and they'll be like, you know, well, well, I, I sleep fine, you know, right. They're, they, they're drinking every single night or they sleep with the TV on and, you know, yeah, I, I get, you know, I get eight hours of sleep. I'm not trying to say that you don't get enough sleep. What I'm trying to say is the quality of your sleep. Yeah is so shit that it is causing your brain to be operating less functionally the next day and not getting good sleep so long will cause things like depression, anxiety, irritability, brain fog, all these things because because the lack of sleep builds up and your body is not able to do all of the regenerative mechanisms that it needs to do during the night. And, you know, people that are overweight and should have a CPAP you know, yeah, I sleep eight hours. Oh, I still feel a little tired. You know, I feel a little tired. I'm, I'm not able to function that great. Well, the reason is, is because you're not actually going into the, the right depths of sleep to actually function properly. So yeah. I know people who, who are supposed to have CPAPs. I know one guy specifically who's supposed to have a CPAP and he wears it once in a while, but he's not consistent with it. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. My wife hates it because when I wear it, I'm up at like three in the morning, raring to go. Like, isn't that a sign? Isn't that a sign for you? Like, holy shit, your body is like, whoa, we got everything we need and we're up at three, like ready to go. Yeah. That should be something that, that shouldn't be something that you're mad at. That should be something that you look at and go, oh, wow, I'm getting that shitty asleep every other night that I'm not wearing the goddamn thing. Right? Yeah. Um, I haven't fucked with mouth taping yet, but I've seen a lot of stuff on mouth yeah. taping now. Um, I'm a little, I don't know how that would work with my beard. There's people capitalizing on there. They're, I just saw one this morning uh, pop up on my feed that basically if you have a beard, this will still stick. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think it looks like a big punk and black patch, but. So I haven't messed with it yet. My, my issue is, is I've always, I've got pretty shitty sinuses. They're always like, I'm fine. I can breathe through my nose right now, but they're always half plugged. So oh, I'm, really? I'm concerned about Damn. if I'm sleeping and it's a night where I have, you know, where I'm more plugged. Mm -hmm. um, whether I'll get enough oxygen basically, or if I'm going to get pissed and rip the fucking thing off. But I normally, uh, a nose breather anyways. And so, yeah. um, I try to fall asleep with my mouth closed and, you know, I can tell the nights where my, where my sinuses are stuffed because I'll wake up with dry mouth and dry lips and stuff because I'm breathing so much through my mouth. But other than that, I don't have that issue. Um, so I've, we've really been working on, you know, no coffee after noon, right? So that the caffeine is out of my system and I'm ready to go to sleep when the sleep time comes. And it's all these things. I, we don't drink anymore, but you know, you got a lot of people who, who, oh yeah, I just have, a, you know, a few drinks before bed or a drink before bed and a few drinks before bed just to, you know, calm the nerves or, or take the edge off or whatever everybody says. Um, alcohol makes you sleepy and makes you fall asleep, but it drastically negatively affects the quality of your sleep. Right. You don't get the REM. So when you're not getting the quality of sleep and, you know, on a Friday night, is this a big deal? No. Have your glass of wine or a few glasses of wine with your steak. That's fucking fine. But I'm talking to the people who are having two drinks every single night. Yeah. And then they're getting shitty sleep every single night, seven nights a week or six nights a week. Your, your body is you. not able to. So when I start talking to somebody and because because of the transformation that I've made in my life, you have a lot of people who want to talk to you about getting healthier. We both do. Right. And the first thing that I the first most important thing that I talk to people about is their fucking sleep. And nobody wants to hear it because they want to worry about losing fat 
or getting big, right? But you can't, your body's not going to function properly to do all these things because you know what the, you know what one of the biggest things that comes of lack of sleep or lack of quality of sleep, impulse control and self-control. So if you don't have impulse control and self-control, how do you expect to make any of the other changes that we're going to try to make? Yeah. So sleep, number one, most important. So I'm really working on just making sure that I've got that base, that solid base. And then I've been working on my mobility because, you know, like I've talked about on here a million times, my hips are shit. Driving a car for hours a day. I've been, I've been driving for work since I was 16. I played hockey since I was eight. You know, that's a consistent bent over, you know, hockey and running are the two worst things for your hip flexors in the world. Um, You want to see a grown man cry, get not really cry, but um, start to work into your psoas and your ileus with like a, with like a psoas release tool. That's a pain that you, you you don't really understand it until you do it. Yeah. No, I definitely, uh, trust me. I know my, I have back issues. And hip issues, so. Because if you guys don't know what the psoas is, the psoas is actually an internal stability muscle. It's an internal hip flexor. And what it does is it ties to the lower part of your spine and goes through your hips and ties to the front of your um, your hips, basically, yeah. and flexes. If you're standing and you pick up your leg, it's that's, your back a, straps. that's a psoas muscle. And so the psoas muscle, if that's too tight, what that does is that actually, instead of having, and I'm using, I, I, you can't see me, so imagine a straight spine or a slightly curved lumbar spine like it's supposed to be, and it takes that lower part of your spine and it jacks it forward way tighter because it's pulling it in, basically like if you think of the, if think of it as a rubber band that's way too tight. And then what does that cause? That causes a weak point right there on one of your discs because you got, instead of having a slight curve and all of those discs taking a, a portion of the of the stress that you put on your muscles during the day and the stress that you put on your back during the day, it causes one weak link. And so just by lengthening and relaxing and strengthening that psoas muscle and strengthening everything else around it and making sure that everything else around it is loose and you're able to actually have that mind-muscle connection, it allows your back to get that kind of neutral um, lumbar curve that you're supposed to have. So if you see, you see these girls who's 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 Lower back is so bent out that their ass looks giant. That's called lumbar lordosis. That's because their psoas and their ileus is too tight. Yeah. And I think what really helped me with that is um, a lot of muscle activation. Muscle activation before I attempt any stretching has really helped. Because even like this morning, I got up to do heavy, heavy squats. Uh, This is my heavy leg day today. And uh, I felt like my back was just jacked from shoveling the damn eight inches of that shit was heavy. No, that stuff was heavy. Couldn't even get it through a snowblower. It was oh, just, my snowblower it was so ate it. Wet. My snowblower ate it like nobody's business. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine was just. I even silicone sprayed that thing, but it just ended up that at the end of the driveway there was so much water underneath that it would just jam everything up. So you had to shovel it, and it was just. I, I got up this morning. I was like, "Oh, there's no way." But then uh, I started off right away doing muscle activation, and then boom. Everything just kicked in, and I felt like it was the pain was gone, and you could tell basically my the sixty degree of my uh, lumbar spine boom just came back, and then from there, then I did my you know my active stretching. Well, and and I really you know I I I put this out there after the the Yogi Aaron podcast, and I want to put it out there again. Um, I think that there is a time for stretching. I think that later in the day, when you're not looking for your muscles to function, you're not looking for them to be strong. That's when you're looking to elongate and relax the muscles that you want to to lengthen to keep your body functioning properly. What they think the problem is 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 in and what he's talking about is people that are doing you know big elongating, relaxating, relaxational, oh, stretching. static stretching before they then expect these muscles to work, and that right. is not functional. So. Yes. So, you know, one thing that really helps with with the lower pelvis and with the psoas and with the ileus is activating the opposite muscle, right? The 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 antagonist. Is that what it, is that the right word? Yeah. Antagonist? Yep. The antagonist muscle. The opposite, yep. And the antagonist muscle for that would be your glutes. So, you know, simple simple one leg glute bridges and holding them before doing anything like that is going to activate your glutes to the point that it's able to s- stabilize everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else on the physical you've been up to? Uh, sleep is also a big thing. Um, you know, exactly what you were saying is 
just getting it's, it's not about how much you sleep, but it's waking up at that same time every morning. And I found that that has been helping a lot. Um, there's some days where I'm like, okay, my body is tired. Um, being, you know, I'm turning 51 pretty soon here, unfortunately, but my body's been feeling really good. And it's, I used to think, I think when we first started the podcast, I, I used to say, it's like, well, okay, I need more days off. Um, it's actually going the other way around. So, you know, I'm taking a lot of changes in my nutrition based on, you know, I'm going through a master's program right now because I'd like to be a nutritionist when I retire so that I'm not sitting there staring at the road, you know, across the street on a rocker when I get old, but that I'm actively doing something to help people yet. But um, along with nutrition balance, understanding what are high nutrient foods, and also getting a lot of good sleep. And when I feel like my body's run down or too tired or needs to rebuild, just being really in touch with that, be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, make sure I get to bed, you know, two, three hours earlier. I know it sounds terrible to people if you got to go to bed, you know, two, three hours earlier, but guess what? It's so refreshing, great for your body. And just getting the right supplements before bed too, getting that good sleep and then waking up at that same time every day, which to be honest, I got jacked up the last couple of weeks because I ended up on the West Coast with a two-hour, you know, adjustment, and that screwed me up. Came back only to leave and do the East Coast during daylight savings time. That completely kicked my ass for you know a couple of weeks. And but to get back in that circadian rhythm, it took about a week to finally you know feel like oh, I'm feeling pretty decent now. So, but sleep, especially you know, in your 40s and 50s I can say that for the 50s is so beneficial but going back to the workouts I'm I'm actually not taking any days off but I'm splitting my body parts um in sometimes two to three times a day and I have that benefit because I I can get up in the morning I can go to the gym I can I have a gym in my basement so obviously my lunch hour I can go down there and I can do a little workout and then do a little bit of workout, you know, before bed. So I may split a body part like shoulders into three parts. I definitely split legs up into two parts on leg days. And sometimes I'll split chest over two or three. And back, especially, I do a lot of frequency with back, so it's almost every other day. Um, I'll split that up into a couple workouts, whether it's, you know, doing your, your lat work or your width work, and then splitting that up later, doing rows. And it's just... My body's been responding really, really well. Um, there's some older bodybuilders, that's what they do too. They just said that the the older you get, you know, maintaining and gaining muscle is harder. Yeah, 100%. It's harder, but there you can do it. Yeah, you're not going to be the Hulk unless maybe, you know, you get on a little bit of TRT to help the old, you know, the old system out. But there ain't a little bit of TRT that's making you the Hulk <laughs> at fucking 50. I promise there's a lot of bit of TRT along with some. All other, right, you're not going to look like Lou Ferrigno. A lot of other, a lot of other chemicals like that. that you're going to have to implement. TRT ain't doing that for you. But, uh, yeah, to build enough muscle where, yeah, it's, you're, you're fighting gravity and yeah, you, you're, you're not going to be, you know, Mr. Olympia. And see, and, and I really like what you're doing there because you're evolving. You're not saying my body needs more rest. I'm just going to work out three days a week instead of five. You're, you're evolving to make it so that your workout works best for your mind and your body. So, um, it, it takes, it takes and, a little more work and what, and what, a little more managing what but. you're, what you're doing. So if people don't understand, um, the, what we think of as muscle pain, right? Most people have thought that that is like, that's damage. Right. That's the damage that oh, you've yeah. done, the, te the tearing of the microfibers in the muscle. Realistically, science has shown that's not what it is or it's really unlikely that that's what it is. What it is, is um, basically cellular buildup of the toxic chemicals that come from working that muscle group that hard and that your body takes time to excrete those chemicals. And when you do a, a, a crazy hard workout and you're sore for two days after, what that is, is that is a massive amount of the detrimental chemicals in your muscles 
um, that then need to get processed out through blood flow, through normal mitochondrial function, through, through, through just normal function of the body. And so what you're doing by spreading that workout out three times is you're still putting in, you know, likely the same amount of time under load. Um, you're getting the same amount of, of, of work in, but by spreading it out, you're giving the body time to process those negative chemicals before they start to build up. And you're able to cause the same type of uh, reaction, which that's what we that's what we're looking to do by lifting heavy weights or lifting weights. A lot of times we're looking to cause a reaction and that reaction is the body to want to hold more muscle and, and repair and build stronger muscle in those areas. So, yeah, that's 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 extremely beneficial what you're doing um, and evolving as you age. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, the, the guys that I know that are hitting that age and are like, well, I need to take more days off. Well, they're not doing so well, you know, so it's, as we get older, it's just take a little more managing, but also there's, you shouldn't have fear of doing, you know, even compound lifting. Cause I think it's a lot of like, well, I'm too old for that. I hear that a lot. I'm too old to, to deadlift. I may have decided this week that I'm not too old to deadlift, but as far as heavy, heavy deadlifts go, I may be to the point where the risk is not worth the reward. Right. You just max I mean, max deadlifting right. is not necessarily. I may be I may be putting that to bed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've learned that as like I I may max deadlift once every six months, but every Monday or Tuesday. I'm deadlifting and my back feels great, but it's very, it's very strict. I'll, I'll rotate one week. I'll do, you know, like a five, 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 three, one, or five, 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 three, one, one, or, or vice versa. Depending on how I'm feeling, it's very, my, my training is really instinctive because I'm listening more to my body. So if I have a joint that starts getting inflamed, I'm like, okay, well, I won't use that movement, but I'm still not going to stay away from that. You know, I think as we get older, the problem is, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, the minute they get hurt, they stop, right? You can work around that, you know, don't just think, uh, take a, a week off. Um, and for example, there's this guy that is from our gym and he had gotten a small injury. It wasn't even one that you had to go to the doctor to get a repair, nothing like that. But he took a year off and he came back and I didn't even notice him at all he looked like a completely different person because when you put 30 to 40 pounds of extra weight on i mean it looked like he was in a bodysuit we have a we have a mutual acquaintance who i think is in the middle of that right now oh really yeah okay yeah the, this guy i know is a, is a former army guy yeah he just got back and man he looks like he put on a bodysuit and there's another kid too which i feel bad he's a great kid and i hadn't seen him in a while and now it looks like he's walking around in a bodysuit. I'm like, how in the world? Because the kid was slender the last I saw him. He's in his 20s. Oh, that sucks because that's damaging your metabolism for the rest of your life. Yeah. Looks like a whole different person. Um, but it's, you know, for, for us, uh, you know, for you older guys out there that are you know, in your 50s, yeah, don't stop. Don't make an excuse that you have to quit going to the gym or quit being active no and if you guys are having issues reach out to one of us either of us like i i love helping people you know if, if you're like hey you know I'm, I'm having this issue fuck reach out i'll if you're local i'll tell you you know i'll tell you where to go get your bloods done and we can look at all your fucking markers and or, or if you're somewhere else we'll find you a, a lab draw either a quest lab or, or a or a healthline lab draw and get your stuff done and let's see where you're at and you know, let's look at your, what you're putting in your body for nutrition. Let's look at your sleep. Like, fuck, you can pay, you know, a few hundred dollars a month for somebody to do this. Or if you want, really want to listen, you know, I'll spend half hour helping you. And then you're going to have to take it over from there. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be your accountability partner. That's what you fucking pay somebody for. Yeah. But if you really, if you really want to know, you know, what you're looking at, you really want to know where you're at. Fuck, reach out. I'll help you. Yeah. I got no problem with that. I love look. I love helping people. I love looking at people's blood work. I love making, you know, slight suggestions. I love, you know, telling somebody that their two drinks a night every single night is fucking with their sleep and they got to quit that shit. Ooh. They don't like hearing it. A lot it. of people don't like hearing that. That's for sure. A lot of people don't like, you know, listen to when you tell them that, hey, you can eat a lot better. 
So I get that a lot. And then a lot of people don't change. Yeah. So, and fuck, man, it's, you know, I trust me, trust me. I am, I am, I was born to be a fuck up. I was born to be a no accountability uh, fuck up that would just eat whatever I wanted. So what did I have to do? I had to learn a, my way around that. I can't have the shit that I really want to eat in the house. And I need to have my food packed for the day because if I have to walk in somewhere and order something, or if I have to walk in and get something, I'm going to get something that's shitty. I'm going to. And I know that about myself. Yeah. So I have my food packed. My food is the fucking is, is figured out from the time I wake up until dinner time every single day. Yeah. And then at dinner, I eat with my family. But you don't have a lot of the, you don't have the garbage food in the house. No, I can't have it in the house. Yeah. I can't. You said that you can't, you wouldn't be able to. No, it, it, I'm, I'm not going to, if I look in the fucking, if I look in the drawer and there's nutty bars in the fucking snack drawer and I'm, I'm not just going to close the door and not eat it. I'm going to fucking eat one and I might eat two. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy for me. I don't have any of that in the house. Cause I don't have to contend with other than my, my kids who are pretty healthy. So yeah. Um, so yeah, physically that's probably that's where I'm at right now. Mentally we've both been fucking with AI a lot. Yeah. Um I am I'm really interested in the evolution of what human beings are going to become because we've talked about this. The actual the actual functionality of AI is pretty astonishing. It can it knows information, it can write code, it can make pictures, it can do all this stuff. It right it is it could be your hand. You know, I had this, I had this argument with somebody the other day is, are you an artist? If you are creating art with an AI and this is a weird, this is a weird argument because an art director, the art, well, the art is in the overall piece. It's not in the individual brushstroke. But if you can't do the individual brushstroke, the overall piece is not going to have yeah. the feeling that it would. So. I mean, you become the art director and you create the artwork via AI, but then you're basically critiquing it and tweaking it until you get to what you want. And that's the thing is you, based if, on logic. and I know this is tough because you haven't messed with it yet, but you'd understand it when you, when, when you start to mess with it, it all goes off of everything to the specific detail that you are telling it. And these are, you know, this is words like wide shot, close up shot, photorealistic, uh, you know, uh, postmodernism. Like it, it's, it's, you have to give it these cues to under, to create what you're trying to create. And so I am amazed and, and really, really excited about where the human being is going to be able to go because Soon enough, all these things are going to be able to be integrated into one functional application, whether that's a phone application or a neural application or, or something. It's all going to be and hmm. and you are going to have you're going to have the ability to paint, code, draw, color match, all this shit without having to actually know the 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 how to do it. And it's all going to be based off of your ability to implement the different skills and your creativity to see how the skills can work together to make a final product yeah. or a final project. Yeah, I mean, in reference to what you're talking about, just for our listeners, I know we've talked about programming, you know, before, but for any of you programmers that are out there, I mean, that's, that's where I've been stuck on is I'm like a kid in the candy store because... AI basically will program something in a matter of, I'd say, less than 15 seconds. And you're uh, strictly working with ChatGBT so far. Right now, Right? Yeah. That's the one that you've been... Yep. Okay. So I've just been feeding it based on all different uh, configurations of, um, you know, whether it's HTML, you know, whether it's a Visual Basic and just telling it that, you know, this is a structure I want. And basically, it'll put together something that will take me... Two, three days in a matter you're seeing it put together in 15 seconds, which is freaking amazing. Just watching it put together. Cause I mean, you've done it. 
It literally just starts building it. Oh, I, watching I, it I, happen. I sent you a picture today, didn't I? I think I, I had it right. Uh, check it yet. I had it right. Python code for a trading algorithm that would buy and sell based on um, Bollinger bands and Fibonacci sequence numbers. So it would you, you all you would do is you would plug in the stock ticker and then it watches the trading um, price. And this is just code, right? You would have to implement this into an actual pilot, trading bot yeah. on the back end that is able to do this. Um, and it would, when a breakout price was coming that was going to surpass a Bollinger Band, which if you guys don't know any of this, you're, this doesn't make any fucking sense to you, but it's a high and a low. And, and normally it, it, you'll trade off of a, a Fibonacci sequence is one number that is based off of the last five numbers. And then as the number goes on, then it, it it's basically a, a floating number that is an average of five or 10 or whatever. And um, it would it would take positions or purchase stocks and then sell with a certain amount of gain on put stop losses at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. And it, yeah. it, it it spit it out in 30 seconds. Yeah, pretty just amazing to watch. I mean, if I had that years ago, man, I'd be like, Codemaster. Well, it, w so the one thing I, I will say where you have the benefit is, is you know, you know enough of it to go in and fix things that, you know, right? Like, if you go in and it, and it doesn't work right or something... It, it doesn't look the way that you it, yeah. want it to look. You can still go in and change. Whereas me looking at that, I'd be like, I, I can kind of figure it out. I kind of know yeah. how code works, but not to that level. But to this, it's like the two, three days that I had to build code and then you have to go back and debug it. This thing, you don't really have to debug it. It does it perfectly. So I think it, I mean, it's obviously AI. I can't say it's like, it can't make a mistake but it knows how it needs to build something. Yeah, it's so it's it's pulling off of so like it debugs like yeah. milliseconds. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's basically operating functionally. It just it's it's, you know, 10,000 brains working together as one oh, basically. Yeah. But so that's the mental. That's the mental. And I think the other mental thing is just uh, you know, I don't know if I've been frustrated lately and I think that's when we we're doing the uh inner circle uh um podcast as well It's just it's hard to find meaningful conversation out there anymore. Yeah. And even people that you think that you can get that meaningful conversation, it's, I don't know what's happening. It, it, nobody's exercising their brain anymore. Nobody's reading anymore. I don't know. Is, is there too many Netflix specials out there? People not care about what's happening, you know, around them. I think I think that it's all of those things, along with a lot of people don't have control enough of their ego to be able to because deep conversation and meaningful conversation, a lot of it, um, a lot of it is held back by ego because you're showing some sort of. Not necessarily weakness, but you're showing depth. Right. You're showing. Yeah, I mean, there's substance. You're showing there's such substance. a lack you're of showing, substance out there. Right yes. Now. Yes. And I, so I think that I think that there's a certain portion of the population who is if they were able to control their ego could have a lot better conversation who would be a lot, um, you know, would be a lot better friends for the lack of a better description, because they then would be able to talk about real things because. When you're talking about real things, a lot of times it's your it, it's it's situations that you're having, it's it's mental thoughts that you're having, it's stuff, right? It's 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 deep conversation about you know where do you see life going and, and stuff like that, right? Yeah, intelligent um, conversations or yeah, what's your short term goals? What's long term goals? But then a lot, well, but then a lot of it, even more of it, I think, is the lack of substance because people are entertained with hours every day of surface level entertainment but that's the majority of the conversations that I seem to like either drop into or or yeah run into is people are just talking about the next thing they want to do to get entertained and after they're done with that they talk about the thing that they just entertain themselves with and then they move on to the next one or it's about a you know um they have to talk about a show or they got to talk about fantasy football as adults you know and it's just there's there's nothing substantial like talk about substance in those conversations see anymore. you you put fantasy football there 
I would just, I would replace the fantasy part and just put sports period. <laughs> I could give a fuck. It's just such a, it's such a weird thing because I understand that you are emotionally tied to, you know, your entertainment, but that's literally just, that's just entertainment. You know, oh, I, like, yeah. I, had a, I had a guy ask me yesterday, he's like, well, you don't, you don't watch football. No, fucking watch football. Like I'll, I'll, if I'm with a group of people that are watching football, I will enjoy hanging out with a group of people that's watching football, but I don't just put fucking, I don't ever just put sports on. Like, what yeah. do you do? I'm like, I do things. I don't watch other people do things. I do things. I think it's like if, if sports are too high of a priority where all of a sudden you're wrapping up hours and hours and hours on something that basically doesn't give you anything back. It's just nothing but a distraction, you know? Um, Why do you think so many people need to be distracted? Because they want to, it's just almost like drinking. It's no different than, you know, people that excessively drink, right? To get away from reality. Because they have, because their reality sucks. Yeah. But they're, they're, they have but no they're not willing to put any effort into making reality better. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not to poo-poo sports. I mean, I've learned, I've, I used to be the guy that every freaking Sunday, I got to watch three football games a Sunday, right? That's crazy. And Monday night football. That's crazy. But then as I started like thinking about, okay, I need to self-inventory my time. And what am I doing? What am I getting from that? I'm not, I'm not even getting shit done on, in the yard or things I need to get done in a house because I'm sitting in front of a TV. And what else do you do when you sit in front of a TV? All of a sudden, I got to go into the kitchen and I'm pounding down snacks. And I just wasted nine hours of a whole day sitting there watching TV that I absolutely got nothing out of. So, you know, over the years, I've had to get to the point where it's like, hey, it's not that much priority. I have, yeah, I have a favorite team I like to watch. But a lot of times if it's in the fall, I'll put the headset on and I'll listen to the game. And so that's where I think, like, I think that there's a balance here. I think that there is a balance where you can still, you can still consume some entertainment. I'm not saying don't be entertained. I'm just saying, like, find that healthy balance, right? It's the same with drinking. Should you drink? Theoretically, probably never. But is it going to be okay if you have a few drinks one night every few weeks? You're going to be fucking fine. Yeah. But More are, than likely. But are you just going to, you know, the B-dubs just to sit there and it's just a camaraderie of people getting drunk and, you know, watching a game? Or like with my, my youngest, he's, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm coaching too. So there's a strategy to the game that applies to life. There's a lot of lessons that can be learned from it. So by watching the game as a strategic, you know, from a strategic perspective, and to be able to teach my son those things, um, I think that's a way that it can be positive. But it's not football, baseball, hockey, whatever. It's not an end-all, be-all. It's it's just something in our lives. So let's say you do, you like doing, I don't know, Sudoku. I never fucking did it. I mean, I, I know what it is. Yeah, I don't that even might know. Be the extent. I don't even know what I see people doing it on an airplane. It's but. pretty fun, though. You've never done one? No, it's a box of 10 squares and you only get a few numbers and each line is going to have one through 10 up and down each line vertical. And then the whole thing is gonna, uh, whatever. I should know this because I think it's Asian. It is Asian. Asian. Listen, it sounds Asian, but like that's that it's a, it's a brain puzzle, right? Yeah. But you could be the best Sudoku master in the world and you're probably still going to suck at the rest of life. Yeah. But if it's something to, you know, if it's something to elicit your brain, work out your brain probably better than just watching fucking Instagram yeah. reels. And that's something that, you know, going back to, cause I, I know football and that's where, you know, with my son, it's like, Hey, you know, this is something that keeps you active. This is something you train for. This is something you have to work hard to be good at, but it's still, it's, well, see, and that's fine. The it's not, doing, it's not the end all be all the doing of the, the doing of the sports I'm in. Like I, I vote all day. Like if you want to go, you know, play, I, I don't play football, but you want to go play hockey? I'll go play hockey with you. You want to go, you know, disc golf or regular golf? Or if we're going to go do something, like, I'll go do it. I'm just not going to sit down and watch it. I really could give a fuck about the, you know, so-and-so player and when, what, you know, his personal life is. I don't give a shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. I don't really care about their life. That's more of a soap opera. Right? But... You know, I do have a favorite team and, you know, you like to follow, you like to see the methods they use and there, there's a certain attraction to it. But Who's your yeah, favorite team? 
well, obviously it's the Packers. Oh, okay. And my son has the Chiefs, so you know it's it's a fun thing for my son and I to follow. But it, it's like a lot of these players even realize it's like you know what it's not the end all be all. You know, there's more to life than the game itself. So you have to realize that. Do you think that? I don't even know how to word that question, so I can't say it. It was something about the Packers, but I was listening to somebody try to talk about how um, they thought that Aaron Rodgers was was more of a – he didn't like how the Packers treated the players because it wasn't an actual ownership um, player relationship because there no. is no ownership. So they kind of just treat them as commodities versus like an actual like trustworthy relationship with their – yeah, I haven't players. heard that one. So, like, apparently they fired they 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 fired some dude under. This is last year, not this year. But yeah. they like, you know, let go the the guy that he likes to throw the fucking football to. That was you know. Oh yeah, he he's always had that problem. Yeah, where they get rid of somebody. Right, like who cares? It's but fucking it's, you. You pay him thirty eight million dollars. You pay this guy a hundred and twenty. Like yeah. who fuck? Just keep the fucking dipshit on the roster. Like who cares? Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, professional football, professional sports are business. Yeah. And they're in a business of if they win, they make money. So, you know, guess what? You're getting these massive contracts to play. The funniest thing about the Packers is is the Wisconsin people, like, the Packers make money no matter what. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it's they're one of those. Diehard. It's weird. Like, even, you know, even through, the, through the, the awful years of the Packers where they don't win shit, the fucking stadium's still full. Yeah, well, there's a waiting list that basically, you know, I was explaining this to my sons, like, hey, you know, if I want season tickets, I can put my name in, but guess what? I'm not going to live to see those tickets. You will. You know, yeah, you he, will yeah, or your will. kids. Yeah. Maybe. Is it that long? It's it's long. I mean, Holy it's insanely crap. long. But to, but to me, it's, yeah, there's times where I love going to the stadium, but I love going to the stadium if I'm with a bunch of people and you're grilling out and having fun, but, you know, the... I'm actually, I'm one of those guys I like to sit at the comfort of my own home instead of sitting in traffic for, you know, three and a half hours trying to drive back home and just be able to watch the game. But it's just not that important to me anymore. So I think we, I think we killed that one. I think we did. We did. We killed <laughs> that one. Um, The spiritual. How is your, how is your spiritual search coming? Spiritual life is, uh, has been going good, and I think part of it ties into with just, you know, talking to people that have substance. And I think that's the only part where it's frustrating and lacking sometimes. Um, but other than that, it's, you know, some of the, the groups that I'm involved helping out with and even some of the events, you know, revolves around that. So it's been, you know, good spiritual recharging when I've needed it, and the disciplines on a daily basis have been good. So every morning I, you know, when I wake up, basically, you know, I'll do my reading and I'll do my prayer and, uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's overall been good. What about you? Um, it's fine. You know, we, we joined the church. We're, we're members of a church now. Um, we go sometimes, but really my spiritual, I guess, I don't, you want to action, right? My my exercise, my spiritual activity, is much more based around just um, releasing my stronghold on what I think should be happening in my life, and allowing things to flow through. As far as right, like kind of that that what's what's that fucking song? If it was meant to be, it'll be. This country, it is country. Oh, then I have no. But it's the idea. It's the idea of <laughs> like. Clue, man. It's the idea of like, investing yourself, putting your best foot forward, you know, doing everything you can to make something happen, making sure that you're putting in the 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 proper work, but then allowing the universe to let it happen or say that it's not meant to happen right now, you yeah. know. And it's kind of that whole butterfly effect, as far as like, what I think is best for me right now may not be anywhere close to what's actually best for me right now. So why am I holding on so tightly, you know, with, with a death grip, with white knuckle, you know, white knuckle hands as to this, this needs to happen. Maybe right now isn't the fucking right time. And 
I think I know what's best, but I don't really know what's best, yeah. you know? So just trying to release that and allow, allow people to come into my life, allow energies to come into my life, not allowing the negative shit to affect me near as much as, you know, which that's easier said than done. Like yeah. that's an everyday practice. Um, but that's been more of my, my spiritual journey, I guess lately. Yeah. Learn to live one day at a time. Yeah. And it's in, in, you know, I guess that's one way to, that's one way to put it, but also, but like releasing the, releasing the outcome and just focusing on my input, just focusing on what I'm doing, just focusing on, you know, where I'm casting my bait. And if the fish bites, the fish bites. And if not, I just enjoyed being on the water. Yeah. You know, I'm just enjoying, just enjoying every day being alive and every day that I get is, is, is a blessing to be, to be here and just trying to remind myself of that daily. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till you get the sage. Well, and that's, and that's the thing is I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to realize that when I'm to a point where I look back and go, fuck, I wish I would have lived the last 20 years like that. I don't want that. I don't want that to be my, um, you know, my swan song. I want to look back and go, all right, that was, that was enjoyable. I, yeah. I did what I wanted to do, you know, won some, lost some, loved some, ate some good food, met some yeah. cool people, Yeah, raised some good kids. Like, you know, I'm still at the age that that's still number one goal is making sure that they have the tools um, to survive and have a life that they are proud of. Um, and it's, it's crazy when you start to th- look at your kids and look at how different each of them are. And, you know, part of that is their personality. Part of that is where they, what age they were when you were at that, you know, certain different times in your life. Yeah. You know, you're cause kids are pretty malleable. Um, but you can just see the difference in where we are, um, financially, emotionally, intelligently, spiritually, um, even health wise in my youngest versus my oldest. Cause they're 10 years apart, you know? Yeah. So my youngest is, you know, she's, she eats, she eats whole foods and eats natural and isn't really a super, um, super worried about like, you know, any sort of big job. She just is like, ah, eh, just, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be a fisher. I'm going to fish in Alaska. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, whereas my, you know, my, See that. my oldest is so much, um, she, she, for the lack of a better word, we were still fucking kids. You know, we were 22 and 23 and 24 when she was in the most influential years in her life. So, you know, I feel bad. It's a struggle for her to, you know, it's a struggle for her to, to be healthy. And thank God she has amazing genes. She's like, she's a gorgeous little five, four redhead that doesn't hold any extra weight. And you just hope that that maintains for her life. But, you know, she has our diet yeah. when we were 23 years old and that's how she learned to eat and, you know, try to get, try to help her as long, much as you can. But you, you know, 19 year old kid, you're not going to really change them. Yeah. So. No, that totally makes sense. I mean, it's spiritual, I think, and emotional ties together. I mean, I'm at a good point in life right now where it's like, you know what? I'm more about getting rid of as much as I can and being ready for, you know, when my youngest is out of the house and, you know, I'm probably going to move south. And that's, it may happen, it may not happen. I don't know. I mean, that's the direction that I'll start walking in and, you know, wherever God takes that, he'll take it. So. But I'm at a point where it's like I wish, I wish I would have known sooner, and, and that's the impression that I want my kids to have is that you know what, I don't I don't want anything. There's there's not a material thing that I can go out there and get that's going to make me feel better or define who I am, and there's not a relationship out there that is going to define who I am because I think, you know, when you're younger, or sometimes there's just a, a mature mentality to think that, you know, I'm gonna buy this and this is going to define who I am. Uh, I'm going to get this position. That's going to define who I am. Or I need to be in this relationship because, you know, this is going to define who I am and all that stuff. I'm at a point where it's like, none of that matters really. (laughs) When you look back, all the stuff that we thought was going to be so important is really not that important at all. And once you get to that, that point, you're just in a good spot where it's like, you know what? 
yeah, I'd like to do this. Yeah, you know, this is what I want to do for my retirement thing. And that's, you know, being in that uh, that nutritionist, you know, spot. And if I get there, right now that's the direction I'm headed. But if all of a sudden there's like a big red flag, sure, I'll take a different direction. But you know what? Financially, this is where I'm at. And I'm happy with that, you know. I think we're going to make it. Hopefully the banks don't completely, you know, blow up everything. And, you know, I'll end up working in a... In a slave camp for the rest of my life or something but um you know i'm just i don't need anything i'm happy with what i have and i'm happy with less actually i'd be happy with less in my basement right now if i can just get rid of it but it, it's a good spot and you know just i'm at a point now where i watch my kids go through that just like you're saying with your oldest is you know yeah hopefully that they have taken a lot of lessons from us and you know you know they're going to run into hard stuff. That's life. And you train them so that they can run into that hard stuff and be able to overcome. You're not a parent to make everything safe for your kids. Because that's probably the worst thing you can do. That's a tough one that people That's a tough one that people have a hard time with is you can get your kids to 18. You can get them to 18 safely and, and, and mostly unscathed, right? Or you can raise them. And raising them is going to be making sure they feel supported to challenge themselves. Make sure they know when they you know, walk out on that ice and the ice starts to crack, you're there. You're there for yeah. them. But it's not keeping them off the ice. Yep. It's, it's kind of like... It's kind of like bumper bowling, right? Or I use or I use skiing as an as an analogy all the time, like when you're downhill skiing, right? Like, are you in control? Kind of, but like you can't just stop right here. Like right now, I can't just like when I'm walking and I just stop moving my feet, I stop. That's just how it works. Yeah. When you're skiing, you're kind of just controlled falling down the hill, but you're under control. Yeah. And that's kind of what parenting is like. Is you're kind of just controlled raising them you're you can't stop them from trying things when they're with their friends you can't stop them from looking things up on the internet you can't stop them from accidentally seeing something catastrophic but what you can do is you can be the you can be the bumpers you can be the control you can be the safe the safe zone the safe place right to where they know they can talk to you about things. They know that if they really, you know, if they get out on that ice and it starts to crack, you're there to help them. Yeah. I mean, you're there, you're, as a parent, it's the peas, right? You're there to prepare them for anything that's going to happen. And when things happen, you're not there to just pull them out of it. But you're there to walk them through it and realize that, hey, guess what? This is going to happen, man. You're going to, people are going to die. You know, you're going to see things that, you know, you don't want to see. The world's going to throw this and that at you. But, you know, hopefully we realize and tell our kids that get it in their brain early enough where don't chase this material, you know, these material things. It's just meaningless. You know, you're going to get it and think that that's your whole identity there. And also be like, oh, now you want to move on to the next thing and the next thing. And it's just this race to get to something you're never going to catch. So, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I wish there was a way to you know, write a book and just say, you know, this is, this is what it feels like to be just be in a good spot. doesn't mean you have everything. It just means, you know what, you're content. But if I, let's say I'm, let's say I'm 50 year old Martin, yeah. right? And I hand 18 year old Martin that book, that exact book that you wrote. I better, you know. You don't give a fuck. I got to be there to tell him, you got to read this. You don't give a shit. You're going to look at it and go, oh, thanks, old man. Yeah. Because you, you have to live it. And the thing that I see is that, yeah, between the 18 and, you know, to 35-year range, it's like, yeah, you think you're invincible. Because, yeah, the, you're not over that. It's a, like a roller coaster going over a, the, the, the peak of that, uh, the drop, right? Well, once you hit that, you know, 45, 50, all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. Now you see the bottom of that drop. And now you start looking back and be like, oh, crap, all right, yeah. all these lessons learned. And I think the important thing, right, is our job 
as parents and even as, as human beings, right, is to implement the tools to learn those things as fast as possible and yeah. come out the backside of it as fast as possible. So, you know, things like, things like self-reflection. How many times do you buy something, realize that the good feeling from purchasing it does not outlast the payment book before you learn not to do it? Well, if you're not a self-reflective person, that might not be until you're fucking 70. But if you're an extremely self-reflective person, by 30, maybe you're learning that, right? So self-reflection would be a a tool. Um, The circle that we've talked about so much lately, you know. Who you surround yourself with is so Engin- engineering the people that you keep around you and, you know, especially directly around you, you know, your, your, your spouse, your, your dating life, your, um, your, your, your best friends, your, your three best friends that you've probably talked with the most during the week. Um, that circle is going to make you or it's going to break you. Yeah. And teaching that to your kids is so imperative, especially because, you know, I have girls and, and girls just, they just want to be friends with, with everybody, you know, yeah. and fuck man, it takes a long, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of figuring out that there's a lot of pieces of shit out there before you're like, eh, yeah, I don't need to be friends with everybody. Yeah. And I got a couple of kids right now that are, you know, getting close to that, the, you know, the wedding bells. So it's, it's looking at that person you're with and look at it long-term is like, does that person challenge you to be a better person? And do you challenge that person to be a better person? So, you know, that's the key in a relationship is, are they making you better? And are you making them better? Because if not, then I don't know, one person's going to get stagnant or that relationship's just going to get stagnant. Yeah. And if you have two people with a growth mindset, you can make through anything. Yeah. If you have two people through a growth mindset, you can literally evolve and adapt and communicate your way through any hardship, anything that, that you think you want to do that she doesn't, or she thinks she wants to do that you don't, or you want her to start doing, or she wants you to start doing any of that stuff, anything that you can possibly think of as fucked up as you can think of it being, if you have two people with a growth mindset, you can make it through that. Yeah. You can evolve, you can adapt. And you can come out the backside to better human beings. Yeah. Trust but, me. I've been through that that second marriage where it's growth and a fixed mindset. It never works. It's nothing but sparks. I don't even like fixed mindset people around me. Yeah. It's I don't it's even like having fixed mindset people around me. It's 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 great if you're just hanging out doing mindless stuff. It's it's like a it's a it's a second to third tier friend, right? It's somebody that you can go, you know, somebody to do stuff with, somebody to do stuff with somebody. A lot of people just do. They just do stuff with, you know, somebody or, or, you know, maybe they're your buddy. Who's a, who's a mechanic and you're a, you know, and you're a handyman and you know, he comes over and helps you work on your car and you go help him work on his house. Like that's, that's just, but man, fixed, fixed mindset. People are emotionally exhausting, draining, emotionally exhausting because most of the time, um, all they want to do is tell you what's going wrong in their life. And they absolutely do not hear, want to hear what your suggestions are for fixing those things that are going wrong. Yeah. They just want a sounding board. And, or all they do is they talk about the next thing that the next event or the next thing they need to be entertained at. And they need you to come along with them. I'm, I am. So, you know, you, you talked about, you talked about the, uh, the material things. Right. And the funniest thing is, 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 is looking back at my life and looking back at everything that I've done and, and looking back at, at my years and I'm only 39. So you've got a lot more years on me, a lot more years on me. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. I'm not like nine years had, old. Jeez. I had to lean on the lot. Um, no acquisition or purchase has ever made me feel as good as someone coming up and saying, Hey, something you did really helped me. Are you really inspired me? Or Hey, thanks for really helping me out with that. Whatever that was, that suggestion that, you know, that, that idea, that, that, 
that thing that you said inspired me. And that really has been, has been something that I've realized is I absolutely love just being, just helping people, just helping people explore their deepest, darkest inner, inner instincts, their inner drives, their wants, their desires, their, their, their darkest corners that they're scared to look at, you know, their, their biggest faults and trying to help them just realize that those things are all okay and you can make it through it. And there's nothing that I've ever purchased that's made me feel like somebody coming up and saying, Hey, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Ever. Yeah. So fulfillment. Um, did we, did we do everything? I didn't even, I didn't check off my list. Oh, I think we just, we covered emotional with spiritual. Got the mental, the physical. So yeah, that's everything, right? Yeah. So I saw this video and I, I have to put this on here because I legitimately was in tears. Fuck dead in tears, like tears running down my face from this video. Swear to God. It wasn't a dodo, was it? No, no. So it was this. And if one of you motherfuckers finds out that this video is fake and do not tell me cause I'll be so pissed, but there's a, there's a, a, a bigger bald, like bodybuilder type guy. And he's trying to eat at like a Dunkin' Donuts. And he's got tremors, whether they're, whether they're from Parkinson's or, or just um, from another disease that caused tremors. But he's got his, his croissant sandwich in his hand, and he's, and he's shaking, and it's like stuff's kind of falling off the bottom of the sandwich. I'm going to fucking tear up telling you this story. Oh, I can't even picture this. And, and so he's, and he's, he's a younger guy, maybe 35 years old, and he's, and he's having a hard time. And the video goes over to this, this little girl and her mom. And the little girl leans over and her mom kind of grabs her and like thinks that she's, I don't know, you know, just trying to keep her paying attention to herself. And the little girl pulls her hand out of her mom's and she grabs the guy's sandwich and she goes to feed him his sandwich. And that is so fucking powerful that we need more of that in the world. We need more human beings that are just there to help. And yeah. there to inspire. That's it. I just had to say, I, I had to put that video out there because that shit was, that got me. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if I ever told you I watch uh, Travis Doodles. Not like the, the real, real TikTok kind of guy, but he makes reels and he just, that's all he does is help people. That's awesome. And it's just uh, a couple of people that he's helped that now are in turn to kind of join him and helping everyone else. It's just, it's a really, really cool, uh, bunch of reels that he, you know, he keeps putting out. So name is Travis doodles, Travis doodles. I mean, and that's the thing is there's so many good fucking people out there, but good doesn't go viral as much as just extremism, right? Extremism. Like Andrew Tate goes fucking viral. The, the, the barbers that set up every Saturday and give homeless people haircuts. Yeah. That shit doesn't get near as much play as, you know, some dude manipulating girls into his basement to do fucking Pornhub videos. Yeah. That's a, just Travis Doodles. He started up uh, giving a homeless haircut. Did he? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's funny. I love those people, man. When yeah. I see those, like that shit is, that shit is inspiring. I would jack somebody's hair up so fucking bad. Well, he started to do it because, you know. When you go to a barbershop, that's how you make conversation. That's how the guys would converse all week. So he decided to just take that to learn about people. It was an excuse to, hey, I'll give you a haircut. Uh, you know, tell me about your life. And that's how he found where, you know, these people had, it was a one wrong turn in their life. And, I mean, they could have just avoided that and it would have been something else. But, you know, that's why they're homeless. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to watch. And these are just like reels. Yeah. You know? short clips but man they're pretty it's pretty cool awesome well so this this podcast ended up being an hour and 42 minutes long so i think i'll probably Ooh, split it up i think we'll probably split this into two episodes so we'll do our our pre-chatter um in the first episode and if you made it this far you made it through the second episode which was us getting back to the back to the basics of of being squared away and i just want to 
I want to reiterate one more time, guys, like if, if you guys have any questions, um, if you want to just bounce ideas off of either of us, reach out, you know, our email is in the bottom of every episode notes. Otherwise, find us on Instagram, you know, I'm URBNSVG on Instagram. Um, Martin is Martin email, I believe. No, Beast from the East. Beast from the East. Beast from the East um, on Instagram. Um, Beast from the East 72, sorry. 72. Just to tell you how old I am. Beast from the East 72. Oh, you were born in 72. Look at that. Yeah. I was born in 84. Damn, you were young. Yeah, I know. But wise for my age. Um, So, yeah, reach out. We're here for you guys. Love you. Have a good rest of the day. Peace. Peace out.